Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Underground Frequencies, here at Apple Radio 97FM. You can check our previous episodes at epper.alto.hu. Name is Nini, and I'll be the host for today's program, Different Minds on the Same Path. I have a pleasure to be here with amazing international students, Anna, Monica, Lila, and Fujina. We have a very interesting yet a controversial topic for today. We thought it is important for every adult, since almost all of us go through this stage, suppressing imagination and criticizing children for speaking up and letting them talk freely. We'll take a critical approach to high school in regards to critical thinking and producing the mass of students due to the homogeneity of its curriculum. So my first question is about the conventional subjects that we are taught at schools, such as math, chemistry, biology, and so on. Do you think the way these subjects are taught have the power to shape our thinking? Do they put us in a box and make us think that there is only right or wrong? Does that suppress our imagination in any way? Anna? How do you think about the question? Concerning the humanities or any form of social sciences, let's say history, it's helpful when you have a framework, when you when you are studying something, but at the same time, if your teacher is very much of a role follower, it's much harder for a student to express their creativity. For example, if you're learning the dates or when you're expected to learn certain dates for a certain period of time, maybe they might be focusing a little bit more on the dates themselves other than the actual events or interpretations. So it's a bit hard as for me to determine, but maybe for mathematics is different. I'm not sure. So yeah, we are making a distinction between the humanitarian subjects and uh, math, biology, such science subjects. Yes, your point is actually, it, it makes sense. So what do you think, Lila? How, how would you respond to that? Well, I think especially these uh, subjects like math and chemistry uh, are necessary to be taught in, so to say, a one-sided way because they rely on a certain type of science. Uh, so they can be taught in different ways. Uh, only on different levels but other subjects like literature uh, they definitely shape our, our way of thinking because they usually only teach the classics which were the classics also a hundred years ago and they usually accept one kind of answers uh, which are written in the course books and I also think this kind of teaching creates the mess in the way people think and also think that we don't have the chances to learn outside the box because the amount is so big that we have to learn uh, for the school that children don't have the, at the end of their day to take other studies in front of them, which are not uh, in the box, so out of the box. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Fruji, what do you think? Um, I think teaching the conventional subjects uh, in the high school is really essential because uh, these are the basic knowledge of the life. But I think if someone, for example, not so talented in chemistry or other kind of uh, other kind of uh, sciences classes, she or he should only learn the basics. Uh, of these classes and uh, and should focus more on his or her target area and about the critical thinking in school it depends on the teachers and the subjects for example in humanities the aim was always to think individually and present your 
uh, thoughts, sometimes the opposite the others. But opposite the humanities at the sciences classes, there has been always one answer. And I also think that usually the younger teachers try to teach us critical thinking, humanities, mm-hmm. to get prepared for the higher education. Yes, yes, you're right. I, I agree with that. Monica, how would you respond? I think everyone had valid points, but I also think it's somehow... Um, what I felt is it was not flexible enough for me. We understand there's some basic core curriculums that we should all go through. I'm not sure how significant they are because most of it, the part that I, you know, for example, math and science, uh, I don't remember anything. I think if I don't remember anything from it, something was not well taught. Maybe the goal, it's not to be knowledge for the rest of your life. If that was the goal, congratulations, they did it. But if it's to create those phases that you guys are saying that we should create, well, it failed with me. And I think if it failed with me, it failed with a lot of normal kids with normal intelligence, you know. And uh, um, the other thing is about the flexibility flexibility of these subjects in high school you have this core and you cannot deviate from that and this is a little bit what Fruji was saying I would like also to have the freedom to explore the ones I like the most to go to the ones I you know you could even do you have a, imagine you have a deadline you have to do this amount of subjects in high school but you are free to choose when you want to do it when you want to do it a little bit like in college you know so mm-hmm. you could leave math later do the math in the beginning but you could organize your subjects according to your interests because what happens is everyone with 16 years old has to feel the same way has to study the same things then everyone with 17 has to have the same level and you know me with 16 i'm sure we was very different in maturity in intelligence in thinking of thoughts of life you know compared with other girl with 16 and other men with 16 and everyone you know so how can school make us think all the same and the same age when we all are in different stages of our life you know age age is a social construction as well so i think you got my point yes yes that's a very valid point and you have touched upon my next question so my next question would be about uh, the consequences of such teaching do you think you had the ability to think freely in your high school did you get the chance to improve your critical thinking in any way anna what do you think for me, my critical thinking kind of developed developed outside of school. Um, in 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 a way, school actually helps, but uh, when you have very very few and limited resources within your high school curriculum, because the government doesn't really sponsor any kind of programs for development or even any kind of programs for developing your knowledge in the even basic high school concepts curricular like anything any basic subjects like biology or physics or something, you, you kind of have to learn to walk your way around it. It was fairly easy for me to prepare for uh, subjects such as Ukrainian language or Ukrainian history and English and language. Yeah. Yes, when I was graduating from school because it was basically a check of the knowledge in this particular area. As for the critical thinking, it, it wasn't like the, my, my high school exams were not checking that. And mm-hmm. that's the very big difference, I think, between the 
Western education system when, when you have to pass any kind of standardized examinations for your bachelor's or for your master's. What, what mm-hmm. is checked there is rather your ability to use the language to understand the concepts from some area that you have not learned before. And I feel like in my country, it was more about learning by heart something you were provided with. It, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't really helpful. But at the same time, that being not helpful helped you to depart from, from the situation where you didn't really want to be and move to a different place and start looking elsewhere. So in a way, it, it's, this curse is kind of a blessing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Fuji, did you have the same experience as Anna? Did you develop your critical thinking mainly outside of school? My critical thinking developed uh, mostly on my humanities classes and also outside the classes uh, with the other students where we had small discussions uh, with the others after, for example, the literature or the history classes. But uh, fortunately, um, my history teachers uh, was that kind of person who... Mm-hmm try to teach us not always to accept the statements of our books, but sometimes uh, to question these materials. So I think I I can get so much input uh, from these classes and from the other students as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Monica, do you agree with Fuji and Anna? How was your experience? Yeah, my experience was very similar as well. I mean... There's, first, there's one aggravating thing. It's especially in high schools, in a lot of schools, if you make questions, it's something not well seen. Immediately, if you have, if you have some critical thinking, if you have a question, if you want to share your opinion, it's not well seen by the class, sometimes neither by the teachers, you know, because they have the material they want to give and they want you to put that answers. How many times we hear, I don't care about your opinion. You maybe have a genius opinion. I want the correct answer for this question in the exam Mm -hmm. and you will have your grade. Also, at the end of high school, no one thinks about your critical thinking. At least in Portuguese universities, there's only one thing that counts to enter in university. It's your grade. It's a number. You know, no matter if it's a science, math uh, course, college, or for example, if it's medicine, you know, because, for example, imagine you are a piano teacher and you became a bad piano, bad piano teacher. You maybe screw up the career of future pianists. This is the maximum consequence. But if you are a bad doctor, you know, he can end it up in taking lives to death. And sometimes we're talking about, for example, doctors that know, you know, anatomy straight from their heads every single page. But then maybe they don't have the analytical skills. They don't have the psychological skills. They don't have the profile. And these people are still being accepted in in college because at least in Portugal, it's about the average and not your critical or ability to think or to go beyond what is the books, you know? Monica, but how do you measure the like quantitatively or qualitatively the skill of a pianist uh, and the doctor? I think with doctors, it's a bit more apparent. Like once they're on the job, they just won't be able to secure a job. 
or even during your university studies, there must be like some sorts of checks that even if you got into this university and you just end up being a bad person, not very qualified, you're just kicked I mean, out. For example, I remember uh, from my mother's experience because she's a doctor, she always tell me how she was average in the theory exams and how there was sometimes some genius kids having the maximum grade. And then was the time just to make you know, something on the body or something, you know, and the other guys would faint with the maximum grade on theory and she was able to do it. So we need someone that also has the practical skill and can handle it. So they have these, you know, these kind of internships in the hospitals where they're going to work and they can check who can handle it, who cannot really handle it, independently of the fact of how good they were in theory. For my experience, since I was a piano teacher as well, uh, this is my, you know, my previous academic curriculum, um, there's no whatsoever check. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no, so I can be a good teacher or I can be an awful teacher. What it counts is how well I did my final recital, you know, how well are my goods, my grades in theory, how well did I do it, how well I play, and in music, you know, a very, very good pianist or a very, very good musician does not mean at all a very good teacher. It's the same, I guess, with every profession. You know, you can finish with a super high grade in international relations. Nothing will tell you that you're going to be a hell of a teacher. So in music, at least, there was no checking in my experience. Nobody, nobody gave me educational skills. I became a teacher, good or not, because of the extra work I did beyond that. Did That's I a very interesting depiction. Yeah, you're right. Anna, was that clear? Um, yeah, that was clear. I was just, my other oh. question was, do you think that uh, even despite the fact that those theory people who have, have very good grades and then end up being very unqualified when it comes to practice, do you think they would still uh, leave this higher grade in, in the university even despite the uh, practical results like results that have failed do you think they will be still rated higher than they should be but you kind of answered with the flow. Well, I mean if the, if their grade the grade was fair if the grade is evaluating their knowledge on theory whatever it's fair of course we're just I'm not saying the grading is not fair I'm just saying it, it's not broad enough you know my BA was actually in the US when I did piano and you know what they wanted to know? They didn't want to know my level. Of course, they want to know my level in piano at the time. But I had to write every like voluntary work I did. I had to write about every extra activity I did. They had like 20 million questions why I was still swimming and doing tennis. And uh, what my, all, the, all the, this is what they wanted to know. They wanted to know who I am. Well, they literally said, forget your academic stuff. Forget your grades. We want to know who you are. We want to talk with you. What you have extra? Who are your parents? Who are your friends? What did your friends say about you? And this is how actually I got accepted. I didn't even have like, I was not even extremely uh, gift pianist or with super good grades. And I think on this, Europe could learn a little bit with the U.S. education system. Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting answer, actually. So it's a very interesting depiction of how, what are the consequences of suppressing imagination. Thank you for that. Lila, what do you think? Like, asking question, was asking questions a sin in your high school as well? Do, do teachers only stick to their plan? And do they do it like that for, like, 12 years of school? Mm. 
Well, I was lucky with my teachers in my school because uh, we always had to say forced to use our critical thinking. And that's why they called an excellent grade when we had to use our own thoughts. And we also had a lot of projects during the year, which I think helped us a lot to improve our way of thinking. Um, but I agree with the others totally. Yeah. Mm, but I think um, I went to a German school uh, mm. where where it was the main point to think our own thoughts. So it was very different from, I don't know, from a Hungarian school. Yes. So that makes sense. Yeah, different countries have different systems and it's it's another debate which system is the better one. So, yeah, that's a good point. And this leads me to the next question. Logically, are we producing adults without originality and vision? And are you creating a mess or a crowd without their own opinions, like human robots? It looks like the structure of teaching aims at creating adults with the same skills, same standards, same insecurities. And what about the future jobs? How do we choose the future profession when we are faced with very few alternatives? Monica, what do you think about the question? I think our main concern is more and more regarding how much can we have access employment to the popular professions nowadays, you know, which are highly technocrat, science, engineer, all this kind of stuff. Uh, we see how, for example, literature, philosophy, uh, you have a BA on that and you are unsure about your future. But if you go to one of these others, you maybe have much higher chance to get a good employment, you know, because the, the world is turning this way, unfortunately, or too much polarized on this, on this side. So I think kids in high school also sometimes grow up with this feeling, you know, that uh, we should go to this side. This is the side that is going to secure me a life um, in the future. Not sure I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely um, right. Anna, what do you think? I'm just not sure if this question is something that can be answered. It totally depends on a person. Sometimes if, if, if the conditions are very, very bad and stern, maybe in, in a way having a very narrow and very narrow framework for development is for the better because this way individual is forced to learn how to overcome those difficulties and how to become their own person of course some people would never learn this but at the same time if you are very very open and not setting any kind of structural boundaries or something you, you are not learning how to think differently uh-huh Yeah, yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's understandable, actually, your point of view also. And Fuji, what would you say? What would you add? Um, I don't think that the education institutions are creating human robots uh, because the critical thinking is in our vein and we just have to learn how to use it. Uh, the problem is that too much young people studies not the, study not the major uh, at the universities according to their abilities and also studying at the universities are trending now and there is a huge lack of professions at the labor market uh -huh. so yeah I, I think that is the problem 
with with also with the critical thinking at the universities because not always uh, the most appropriate people uh, are studying at the university uh, university faculties um, what so mm-hmm. yeah that that, yeah. that that these people are uh, the most appropriate for that profession mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting Lila mm. well I think we are mostly creating masses in the way of thinking and that's why our some courses at the universities are so crowded and on the other side there are some courses where only a few people attend and as mm-hmm. following of this situation we also apply to the same jobs cream the same level of lives and i think i think this is what's called creating masses in the society uh, and only a few people live outside mm-hmm. of this mass Yeah, so what I can tell from your answers, you are emphasizing the importance of the demand on the international arena. So if there is a demand on lawyers, on doctors, that's why most of the people are choosing like medical uh, schools and law schools. So my next question would be about the government education policy. Why do you think that some governments don't even try to fix this? Do you think it's convenient for them? Do they see the benefit of such system? What do you think, Fruzi? Uh, I think um, that the social trends of uh, the education is determined by the government uh, because these institutions work usually by the governmental spendings and they don't have enough money uh, to work independently to, uh, without the government policy. Mm-hmm. So one country's education data mirrors the will of the government Um, mm-hmm. For example, in Hungary, a lot of humanistics or social sciences faculty suffers uh, because they don't get enough money from the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. Monica, what do you think about the government education policy? Well, I, I, I wish I had an opinion on that, but I, I, I do not know enough, you know, to make such assumptions. Yes. Uh-huh. But I would say at least that... Uh, I would make Fuji's words my words. I think she explained it uh, at least perfectly. The idea I have uh, about the government and how the states are and how the schools are dependent of the uh, of the government. So in this case, I would I would make Fuji's words my words. Mm-hmm. Okay, Anna. Yes, it it very much de- depends on the government on their actions or lack thereof. I would say there is a huge difference in the developed countries and the undeveloped ones like the UK cannot be compared to an African education. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think that it's on purpose that the government that the governments don't improve their educational policy because they don't benefit from it because a poor education system Uh, is not so attracted by foreign students and if uh, the education education system is uh, at a good level then the students could come to the country just to learn and it brings them not just extra money but also popularity in the international system so mm-hmm. it uh, will only make sense to do their best 
at this um, policy area. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And uh, my last question would be about the social pressure. Can we talk here about the social pressure? Maybe for some people, other unique possibilities are known, but we have to follow the protocols of society. What is the problem of society in that case, Monica? I also cannot answer to that, but I wish I, I, I could. But uh, one thing, I think you already said the answer in your question. It's the word society so it's not nature it's mm -hmm. not something that is not changeable it's society which is as you know it's society is a social construction so it's changeable so any pressure that you feel that goes against what you believe what you feel that you should work on your principles you you, you don't have mm -hmm. to to fall on that pressure you know of course you have to be aware that what change always brings consequences always brings a harder life but uh, um there's no way you know uh, unless something like the life of my family would be at stake you know there would no way i would try to fall on the pressure of society mm -hmm. and just act according to society in case i feel different than society itself yeah anna What's your answer to the problem of society? <laughs> well, other than um, like society, probably another very important actor is media, mass media, social media. You, you know, it, it also, mm -hmm. also formulates the demand on somebody. You wouldn't know like how, how much of a demand on one or a, another profession there is unless you will be able to access some data on that. And that's usually published. And somewhere mm -hmm. a lot of bloggers maybe those that are trying to popularize the education and education development are trying to spread the world about mm -hmm. those areas that are newly emerging and that what creates a demand and a willingness of the youngsters to participate in something new and different so I, I guess it might not be even that much of a government government can enforce some regulation some protection some incentives but mostly it's me and as, as Monica said, society. Yeah, yeah, it's the society. Lila, do you agree with Anna and Monica? Yes, totally. And I would also add that uh, maybe this is uh, why people also can choose the right course for them in the universities because they cannot choose which they want to do or which they have to do for their living. And... Uh, this comes from also the social pressure. If you would like to be an artist or a doctor, you would probably choose to be a doctor because artists uh, are not um, accepted to be sometimes um, intellectual persons. Uh -huh. And uh, I think that's a huge problem. That's a good point. Lila hit a point that is so, so important, at least in Portuguese high schools, this is such a constant. Like, if you have very good grades, if your average is very good, immediately, the first thing everyone asks you, oh, you have such a good average, are you going, uh, so you should go to medicine, you should, you should go for some health area. And I always I think ask, it's in many what? countries, yeah. Okay, so you, I think this is so important because what is the relation between having good grades and have and need to be a doctor? Like, are you implying that uh, if you want to be an artist, you can be not so smart? Are you implying that only very smart people uh, makes good doctors? Which we talk in the beginning that sometimes it was mm -hmm. not about how smart, it's about 
I mean, how they are effectively psychologically, how good they are as human beings. So I, I, I maybe it will be a good for good for another discussion. But I think yeah, the last point about is general stereotypes. Yeah. That, uh, even in high school, you feel the pressure that society tells you what you should be for the rest of your life. You know. Yeah, that's a very good point. You are right. We could have a really long discussion about that. <laughs> Fergie, your last comment about the question? Yeah, so the problem is with the society that the society highlights only some profession, some credibility, uh, some professional credibility. For example, the medicine law or the um, teacher training. So the society keeps under uh, keeps the students under pressure to go that kind of faculties and not the thing and choose individually because mm -hmm. as for my experience my high school presented only the university of these main faculties the medicine the law and the teacher training so mm -hmm. we we should choose very individually and not with the help of uh, any institution so that was my last question. Unfortunately, we ran out of time. Thank you very much for sharing your sincere opinions today. And thank you for sticking with us. We'll be back here at Apple Radio 97 FM with more and more interesting topics for you guys. Goodbye and be safe. <laughs>